0: the executive director of Sisters in Crime, and I'm delighted to welcome Jose H. Brown to the podcast this week. Jose is the internationally published author of novels, short stories, and scripts for film, plays, and television. Jose's genre of choice is thrillers, but he likes to throw in a twist of romance into the mix. Although he's the son of a journalist, he ironically prefers to write fiction rather than fact. His latest novel, Dark Soul, co-authored with Stephen Seville, is about Sophie Keane, an assassin devoted to the criminal organization called The Hidden, but her loyalty is tested with an impossible mission, supply children to be used as test subjects for a new bioweapon. He serves as the assistant editor for The Big Thrill and writes the occasional book review for the Washington Independent Review of Books. In his native Spanish, he's collaborated in three 20-episode TV serials for domestic broadcasting and has penned several screenplays, the latest one for the movie Eleven Cipotes, and he could correct me on that, which was an early contender for the 2016 Oscars in the foreign film category. He's a member of the Crime Writers of Color, Mystery Writers of America, Sisters in Crime, International Thriller Writers, and Short Mystery Fiction Society, where he serves as the vice president. He signs his emails with the motto, I never tell lies, I only write them. Welcome to the podcast, Jose. I'm so glad we're going to have this conversation.
1: Thank you, Julie. I'm delighted to be here as well.
0: Let's start where I always start these conversations about writing. When did you say to yourself, I want to write a novel?
1: Uh, it didn't begin like that. I actually, what I wanted to do is tell stories. Writing the novel was something like down the road. Uh, I remember, I always say that my first story that I wrote, my first piece of fiction, to call it like that, was one time that I skipped school. That was my first piece of fiction. But uh, the idea of writing novels didn't come early to me. I just wanted to tell stories. I just wanted to to entertain people and and, and, see, uh, and see their faces when I wowed them with, oh, and then this happened and then this happened. And writing was just one way to do it.
0: So our internet got a little dicey there for a second, but you were talking about the first piece of fiction was writing an excuse note for yourself. And then you wanted to write stories that wowed people. Was it always because you've written so many different kinds of things, right? You've written screenplays and novels and short stories was it always crime fiction for you or was it were are you always have you been interested in other genres as well
1: well always crime fiction since the beginning and I think that the uh one time I remember my mother had borrowed a typewriter and there was this uh very cute electric typewriter and the house. And I, I wanted to feel as a writer and sit down on it and I started typing. And it was a mystery. It was something like uh uh the strange case of the guest found dead at the Ritz Hotel or something like that. It was uh it was a mystery. <laughs> I was reading a lot uh you have to consider that the first books I read of fiction outside of schoolwork was Agatha Christie and Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, so that was my first influence. Oh. And then later, and um, later, I started reading uh, what what I called the three guys who who made it look so easy to write that I actually wanted to try it was Tom Clancy, Clive Costler, and Ken Follett. And I started yeah, reading okay. those books back in the '90s, and then by the 2000s, I started. I thought I could do it, but you can see the pattern there, and why I mean, uh, it's in crime fiction.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, and white and thrillers? thrillers. I mean, you because that's specifically why white thrillers. Um, And did you, when you decided to write fiction, did you take classes? Had you studied it in school? Did you learn by doing? Tell me about your evolution as a writer.
1: Well, I did uh, take a couple of uh, writing classes. There were some uh, free courses back in in high school. And I remember going to, and this would also explain why I write in English instead of Spanish. Uh, When I started uh, college, I went to a teacher and I told him that I wanted to be a writer, that uh, that's what I was interested in. And when I told him that I wanted to write thrillers like, uh, uh, like Ken Follett or Tom Clancy, he said that no, that uh, because I was Latin American author, I was supposed to write like every other Latin American author, like uh, Gabriel Garcia Marquez or Mario Vargas Llosa. Mm. And there they has to be a, uh, magical realism and that i had to Uh, to write against the the imperialistic uh invasion of our country and all that uh communist manifesto and all that and uh, that wasn't my cup of tea so
0: uh,
1: (laughs) and that's when i started reading in english and these three authors and that's when i said well if in spanish i cannot tell the stories that I want to tell probably I can do it in English so that's when I started I started uh, by reading reading a lot reading a lot of novels then Mm -hmm. I started reading the the elements of styles uh, a lot of uh, books so Mm self-taught then I took a couple of uh, took a couple of courses online so it's and about writing, about the basics of writing, the structures and everything. But it's basically been a uh, a lot of practice too.
0: So you start with Agatha Christie and Arthur Corner Doyle. You get you start reading more more modern um, thriller writers, and you decide to write in English, which is I can't even imagine um, how challenging that would be um, uh, to to express yourself and to write. Do you? write in a in a different language do you but i also find it fascinating because if you're reading these books in english then then that probably does show you that you need to you know um do you ever wish that you'd chosen a different route or or did you because it did, did that feel like you were making it harder for yourself or you know tell me about that because i think that that's really um, quite the journey well it was interesting
1: because it was I was motivated uh, early because, how can I say this? I don't want to sound uh, presumptuous or anything, but uh, I wrote in Spanish and people liked it. Uh, They Mm -hmm. said that I had a knack for it. And then when I started writing in English, I knew that I wasn't going to translate my work, that I had to study the language and write in English. Right. specifically, right. not right. translated. So uh, uh, I had right. to study a lot of English and I started reading a lot of books in English. And it, it's actually so funny that my first two books were written in English. The first two full novels that I wrote were in English. Then I tried one in Spanish. And when I found an editor in Guatemala who published it, he said, I had to work on your grammar because you're writing in English, but with in Spanish sentences. <laughs> so it, 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 I got so much into the language and uh yeah. and 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 learning that then it was a challenge it was uh uh but it was also I was fascinated I didn't I didn't feel like it was impossible I thought it was just difficult and I started doing bit by bit and working and submitting that work and getting rejections and learning from those rejections and then I found a couple of editors who actually took me under their wing and they showed me the little, the mechanics of the language. And I started mm-hmm. getting a little bit better, a little bit better, a little bit better. And now I'm here. Yeah. Uh, I found a couple of, uh, yeah. publishers who actually invested in my work. And now I'm, I have, uh, now I have a literary agent also that's, who's shopping my new books to bigger companies, to bigger publishers. So Uh, I'm on my way (laughs) it just took me longer
0: yeah you (laughs) well I don't know if it took you longer I I think the journey is it takes as long as it needs to take but it's not you know it's it's challenging for everybody Uh, I think that you know but you you added elements to make it a little bit more challenging perhaps but um, you know it happens when it's meant to happen right I mean that's that's part of part of what the patience of, of learning this craft is about. Yes, definitely. Tell me a little bit about your writing process. Are you, do you plot everything in advance? Do you do a ton of research? Do you, you know, how do you, how do you write a book?
1: Uh, this is funny. All right. My first four books, I <laughs> actually, I consider myself a plotter. And what I do is that I take an Excel sheet and I do uh one line descriptions of every chapter. And then Uh uh, I do a brainstorm. Okay, the novel is going to be about this. So I have all this uh, breakdown. And then I do the research based on that. Oh, so I'm going to need to find out about this. I'm going to need about that. So I I start doing the research and then I start writing. What that helps me to have the whole pattern is that the same as working on a script in a movie. When you have the full script, you don't have to shoot the movie in order. You can shoot it out of order. So I have written scenes out of order because I know where they go later. And that would help me. And and especially if I was, uh, for example, if I was angry, I would uh, uh, write a fight scene and and stuff like that. But here's the fun part. Uh, For my previous novel... Uh, I decided to try something new. I always, for every book, I try to challenge myself with different stuff. So for this one, I wanted to do it out of the seat of my pants. So I didn't plan it. I just knew (laughs) the idea of the book, what it was going to be about, and I had the character in my mind. So I started writing. And I started writing. And it kept going, and it kept going. And then... I had a first draft, and of course, then I had to, because I had the first draft, I edited, I revised it. and that is the novel that actually signed me up with an agent.
0: Wow. And,
1: and wow. funny enough, or ironically enough, my agent, she writes books about plotting. She's not a panther. So <laughs> it was it, it was so funny. And she didn't believe that I didn't plot that novel. So uh, I don't know. So I guess the one that I'm working after that, uh, I started writing it the same way, but it's a different kind of story. So I had to go back into plotting and I plot part of it. So now I'm like a hybrid sort of.
0: Mm-hmm. But it. So whatever works. For exactly.
1: The book. Yes. That's the short version of all that I ramble about. <laughs>
0: No, no, it's. I find it fascinating because I do think um, challenging yourself for every book um, is something a lot of people have said. But uh, you know, trying to write differently is part of that challenge. Uses a different part of your brain.
1: Yes, also changing the the narrative voice, changing from first person to third person, and and all that.
0: Yeah. Do you have a preference, first or third?
1: Third, closer.
0: Yeah. Close and multiple points of view, or do you do you stick close third uh, to one uh, point well,
1: of view? Uh, also, it depends on the story. If it is a thriller or a crime fiction, I, I have multiple. I, no more than five, but yeah. uh, certainly more than one, definitely. Uh, all my mm-hmm. novels have uh, multiple points of view, except the one that I told about the with the agent. That was just one single. And that's what, probably why it worked as a, uh, as a seat of pants, because it was only one point of view. But yeah. for the other one, yeah. yes, I, I, I try to mix it up, and uh, I, I play with the tension of uh, the good guy not knowing what the bad guy is planning, but the reader knows because he's in his mind already. so it was i do I do like to play with that.
0: And as you're sort of getting ready to write and you're you know whether you're plotting pantsing, hybrid, how do you come up with these uh, for the ideas? Is it something you read, or is it something you just imagine, or is it something you ponder that then you sort of build into a story? Or you know, how do how do because thrillers are hard. I mean, they're high concept. There's usually a an issue bigger than yourself that yes. that's part of the deal. So how do you come up with those ideas?
1: Different ways. I'm going to tell you two examples. Uh, one novel is called Air of Evil. And it's about a person who, when he turns 30 years old, he's told that he is the grandson of Adolf Hitler. So (laughs) the (laughs) idea for that novel started a long time ago when uh, I had my second baby, I think it was, and I was giving him the bottle. And after I removed the bottle, uh, some milk dropped on, uh, on his lip. So it was very similar to Hitler's mustache. So I started joking with my wife. Hey, look at this guy. He looks like Hitler. Oh, no, he's too young to be Hitler. He's probably Hitler's grandson. And then I went like, did Hitler have grandsons? And then what if Hitler had had grandsons? And then so I didn't want to go all the way uh, the same way as all the other uh authors saying like uh hitler survived he went to argentina or this and that so on my opening chapter i made sure that hitler actually died what i did was get eva brown pregnant and take her out Ah. and and so that was the basis of that book what if hitler had family and I started running yeah. with it, and so it starts in 1945. Then, because of timing and for the grandson to be, it's actually set in the year around the year 2000. And and so that's the one. The other one, uh, it's called Poison Tears, and this one is about a serial killer who uses poisonous animals to disguise his deaths as accidents, and he leaves the victims outside of uh, riverbanks or. Uh, parks. So people think that there are accidents. So the police is not aware that they they have a serial killer loose on their hands. This is set in New Orleans. The, The idea for this one was, uh, my wife was also my wife, she's always meddling. Uh, my wife was watching this. uh, on Animal Planet or some of these channels, she was watching a, a show about the ten most dangerous uh, animals in the planet, and there was this snake and there was this scorpion who could just uh, sting you and you'll die under five seconds. And that she was looking at that, and I was sitting with her, and I was like, "What would happen if somebody uses that animal to as a murder weapon?" Uh-huh. And then that was the basis. So I started working on that, and and. Uh, that's it that's uh, every novel has a different beginning so those are the last two
0: i love talking to crime writers because um generally they're very nice people who have these very dark thoughts <laughs> because there are probably millions of other people watching this show and just watching it and meanwhile you're thinking would that be an interesting thing for a serial <laughs> killer to use yeah definitely <laughs> <laughs> but, um, now, you also write scripts, which I find fascinating because that's a whole different skill set. Do you have a preference of novels or scripts or do you like them both?
1: I prefer novels. You know, no, equally? I prefer or... novels. I write okay. scripts because I was given the opportunity. I was uh, at the beginning mm-hmm. of my career, I wanted to be a writer. I didn't care about what I just wanted to write. And I had the opportunity, but this is in Spanish, by the way, my scripts were uh, done in Spanish. Uh, For a time, Mm -hmm. I ran uh, a video store and I was uh, taking care of it one night. And then this guy comes in and he was looking for uh, Buster Keaton's videos. And I told him that we didn't have him, but he was surprised that I knew who Buster Keaton was to begin with. And we started talking about films and, uh, and then he told me that he was actually a director and he was making a TV series. And I told him, really? And I want to participate. I want in. I was like jumping at the opportunity. And he looked at me with this face, like, Oh no, another guy who thinks he's Brad Pitt. And and when I told him, I want to write, now, then he opened his eyes and said, really? Because I don't have writers. I only have one, and I need at least three. So, yeah, yeah, I can do that. Oh, wow. So, he gave me the chance. Wow. Uh, and uh, so, that was La Fortaleza, The Fortress. That was the first TV series that it actually aired in Honduras in domestic television in 2003. Then, we made another one that is, uh, aired in 2007. So I was a script writer before I was uh, I was a novelist because of timing. Uh, at the time, the book was written, but it wasn't published, so it didn't count. Uh, and then in 2015, I wrote, oh, it's actually 2014 thereabouts, that I wrote uh, for Onces uh, Hipotes, 11 Hipotes, 11 kids, basically. Yeah. And, uh, and that was the film. And that's it, so... Uh, after that I've written a couple of plays uh for for uh, schooling issues uh, they want to uh the one uh, there was one for uh it was the eighty anniversary of a school and they wanted a the play to reflect on that so I wrote a short play for that school
0: mm-hmm. stuff like that yeah well you make it sound like so oh so then I wrote a play, but they're all completely different skill sets, and not everyone can translate from one to the other or go around. So I'm I'm so impressed. Yeah. I mean, and you also write short fiction because that's also a different skill set than novels or or anything else.
1: Yeah, well, thank you. And uh, I do bad in all of them, I guess.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't no. think so at all. <laughs> Um, what's your favorite piece of writing advice you've gotten or you give? And what's the worst piece of writing advice you've ever gotten?
1: Um, the worst piece of writing, I think we covered that already. It was uh, write in Spanish, <laughs> right? Write like, yeah. uh, like you're supposed to follow the pattern yeah. of uh, whatever else is doing. I, I hated that. And I rebelled against it. Um, yeah. The best piece of writing Uh, I think the best piece of writing would be, uh, try to write every day and, and, uh, Mm -hmm. and finish the script because that's on you. I mean, publishing, it depends on a lot of other people and a lot of circumstances, but finishing the book, actually it's up just to you, to the author. So, right. Write every day, and I don't write every day, but I try to write like uh, whenever I said I set a goal or maybe it takes two, three months, but I finish it, I try to like every other day or every day if I'm on a on a good time, but uh, finish mm-hmm. the project, just complete it, finish it. Have it done. The first draft or the second draft, whatever the goal, accomplish that goal.
0: Jose, in 2022, do you think that someone would give you that same advice about you can, you know, only write magical realism if you're writing in Spanish? Do you think that there's more room for different genres and different languages and different ways of approaching things? Or, or, you know, do you think that, that your path would have been as limited?
1: Well, in 2022, remember that this happened in Honduras. And it was specifically to right. that particular uh, teacher who I got lucky to talk to. That was not the whole thing. And I, that wasn't the reflection of the whole situation in the country, but that's what happened okay. to me. Uh, in Honduras, there are more uh, literary diversity now. Uh, there's, uh, there's a lot of uh, science fiction, refreshal and mm-hmm. there is uh, also microfiction a lot and so i'm i'm in conversations with a couple of people to do some micro microfiction with them in spanish and so the opportunities had opened up in the country in Honduras talking about Honduras locally so i don't think that yeah. would happen again but yet mm-hmm. i would still think that that teacher would probably give the same advice to another person but that's that's different
0: right Right, right, and being able to write in both languages also opens up the publishing world to you in different ways. Um, you know, writing in English is a different market than writing in Spanish, and and, and vice versa. Um, do you find that that's is the public or your publishing opportunities? different because you're writing your thrillers in English uh
1: from Spanish yes uh you have to consider that in Honduras there were until very recently there were no uh publishers in here uh all the authors in Honduras had to be self-published so um and that's why there was a lot of uh jealousy or competition here in the country because anybody with uh a thousand dollars could be an author. It didn't have to be good. It just mm-hmm. had to have the money for the printer. But, uh, mm-hmm. and I didn't want that. I wanted uh, I wanted to have the filter of, a, if not an agent, but at least uh, editors. And so I had that mm-hmm. experience in Guatemala with a publisher in Guatemala and my first novel in Spanish. And I learned a lot from him in that regard. And that was the novel Era of Evil, which actually was first published in Spanish as Heredero del Mal. And he actually, uh, I remember he asked me to, to change the ending. I had a different ending and uh, it was too much of a Hollywood ending. And he asked me to change it <laughs> because he's, he told me it's not Hollywood ending. its uh, I don't want to go too much into detail, but... Uh, but I changed it. And after the fact, uh, people were coming to me saying that, that they were fascinated with the new ending. And I had to give credit to the editor and say, Well, I learned a lesson. Editors are always right. <laughs> and.
0: Uh, <laughs> well, they're worth a the conversation, if nothing yeah. else. It's really helpful to have conversations. Exactly. <laughs> I don't know if they're always right. <laughs> and
1: uh, so, yeah. yes, it does uh, open the market a little bit. Um, I wonder if, and but that's a, a different scenario. Uh, I always wonder about, uh, because I, when I was trying to publish my novels, uh, I was publishing as Jose Bogran. And I don't know if being in English, people would think uh, some of the original people who received my book, I don't know this day if they were not really good or I was being uh, rejected on account of the name.
0: Oh, interesting.
1: Yeah, I mean, so that's... Uh, something. I mean, I'm in, in, in Honduras, I'm not a minority, but in the United States, mm-hmm. I am. So it's, it's a different.
0: Mm-hmm. And there are definitely more gatekeepers, uh, because of that here yes. in the States, I'd imagine. Yes, definitely.
1: So I'm actually on the, at the right timing because, uh, I'm actually a member of Crime Writers of Colors and, uh, now it's, uh, kind of our time and, and, uh, the own voices mm-hmm. and the other kind of, uh, diversity and, uh, all other movements that are going around at this time. So it's actually a good time. And so I'm having high hopes.
0: <laughs> I, I agree with you and I have high hopes as well. And I, I, I want everyone to read, you know, to follow own voices and to read deeply so that um, writers can be supported and it's not a fad, you know, that the publishers stay with it because I think they are making a commitment now. Um, but we need to make sure that we're supporting people um, in their books because you don't want it to go away. I think it enriches us all to have all these different um, voices in in our literature and in our crime novels. I, I just think it's a wonderful, it's a golden age of crime writer writing. I think.
1: Yes, me too.
0: Yeah, it's exciting. So your publishing journey fascinates me. It's been different, and it's been you know your your you know, set very high expectations for yourself is what about it has surprised you most or, or, you know, I I could, because no, you can't really be, I, I don't think you can be as prepared for it as you'd like to be, but what about it has surprised you? You What what do you wish you knew sooner about publishing? Uh,
1: Well, I wish I had learned more about the publishing industry uh, before I started, uh, submitting. I remember that I was so excited when I got my first contract with a publishing. It was a really small publisher and uh it was only a publisher of ebooks back in the day when ebooks uh-huh. were just beginning. So they were taking right. and now I realized that they were taking a lot of uh a lot of people and so that publisher gave me that my first novel published it was edited and it was uh probably i mean it had all the rights but uh they went under a year later mm. so I, I had an orphan book and that happened to me twice yeah. the next book happened the same thing uh-huh. so uh with two orphan books it's it's a that's a very difficult uh scenario because you cannot do i mean they've been published so you cannot do anything with them You cannot. Uh, submit it again to a new publisher or submit it to an agent is they're just sit there like orphans. So it was, a, yeah. so yeah. it's something that I wish I had learned before. And, but I was so excited to get published that I jumped at those opportunities and maybe I shouldn't have.
0: Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. I, um, <laughs> that's a tough one. Oh, to yes. learn, Isn't it? Um, <laughs> uh, you. Uh, yeah. No, being orphaned uh, is is something that again I've had conversations with many writers, and that happens, but it's it's super hard. What advice would you give your younger self, who wanted to just tell stories? I love that that's how you started. You just wanted to tell stories. What advice now would you give that younger? Person? Learn
1: French. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Any particular reason? (laughs) It
1: would probably be easier.
0: It would probably be easier to write books in
1: French. I don't know. Uh, (laughs) No, no, just uh, actually, uh, uh, the the good advice that I would do is uh, read more. Uh, I used to take it too late as a hobby. And... And I used to start reading just novels. Uh, so I would suggest to my younger self to start reading nonfiction as well and vary the things that I read, not just uh, thrillers. But uh, And this is something that I discovered. And that's the, the help that I received from the big thrill because I've been assigned um, other types of novels. I've read uh, horror and romance and uh, mysteries and all that. And now I, I see that I like it. But I wouldn't have uh, mm-hmm. tried it if it wasn't an assignment for the big thrill. But uh, now I try to vary the the things that I read a little bit more. So that's something that uh, it it may have helped me in my writing career early on if I had more variety.
0: Yeah. Do you find that reading horror and romance and and other genres like that, do you ever think I'd like to try to write in those genres? Or do you find that they influence your crime writing at all? Or do you just, you enjoy different types of books and you're you're pursuing things differently? Does it make your brain work any differently? Uh,
1: No, I just enjoy them and I might take certain elements from it especially from romance. Like I said, on the, on the description that you read, I like to mix a little bit of romance and I think thrillers, most thrillers, they always have like a leading couple. And there's always an element of, of, uh, of romance in, in thrillers. Actually, uh, most thrillers have the damsel in distress situation. So that's also an element of romance that it's right there. So I think, uh, uh, so I think romance, it's its a good point. It's where you can take pointers about what people like and what don't and uh, avoid the cliches and, uh, and stuff yeah. like that.
0: But in your uh, novel, Dark Soul, you write, um, so, you know, you have a character who is, works for a criminal organization, seems comfortable with that. But she wants, she's being asked to supply children to be used as test subjects for a new bioweapon. Yeah. I mean, that's thriller, but that's also kind of horror and sci-fi and a other little things bit, yes. as well. I mean, uh,
1: Okay, this one, yeah. all right, the story with this one, with Dark Soul, is that that's the second book uh, on a series. The first book it's called Sunfail, and it was written uh, only by Steven Seville. In this book, she has this character. Sophie, Sophie King. And mm-hmm. when I read the book, I wrote to Steven, I don't like what you did with Sophie. I hate what you did with her. If you don't do it, let me do it. Let me write her story. Because there's a, uh, there's a mention of that, uh, of that element that happened in there about blind children. And he only mentioned it in passing. And, but that really intrigued me. That really ticked me. And I said, Hey, whenever you want to write her story, let me know. So I was more like daring because uh, we're we're good friends with Steven. And a year later, he came back and, uh, do you really want to do it? Uh, I have the rights back for Sunfail, so I can do the the sequel now. But it would be actually a prequel. It would be set before Sunfail. And I said, yeah, of course. And then we sat down and we discussed what the story was going to be about and how we're going to handle it. And basically, I wrote the first draft and he wrote the second draft. And that's how it was done. So, uh, so that part of the uh, uh, that element of supplying the children's uh, as raw materials, real weapon that was actually he's doing it was already said in the novel. I didn't come up with it, but uh, we actually explored it. And how it, it wasn't just doing that, but what doing that does to a person. I mean, where do you, as a killer, draw the yeah. line? That was the angle that we chose that that we wrote in. Yeah.
0: I love that story. I, I, you know that you. I don't like what you did with this character, and then you have a chance to fix it. Um, How was that co-writing with somebody? I mean, you wrote the first draft so you could fix your story, and then you wrote the second. But how was that collaboration? Oh, it was.
1: uh, It was really. It wasn't my first time because I wrote uh, the screenplays with two with two other people before that, so I know. There is a lot of uh, a lot of good advice uh, that I took before that like setting your ego outside or be able to compromise and everything. And again, this was a Steven's IP. So I was just coming in and he was allowing me to do and he was really nice about it. He let me run with it. But uh, it was really we just uh, set up a plan in this one. It was a plotter. Actually, we set up. A plan we discussed what it was going to be done we ma- we created a list of events and then I ran with it and then I sent it to him and yeah. he uh, just added expanded he didn't actually move any of the stuff he just followed the the, the thing and just expanded it uh, and that was it it was really really easy actually and and I would love to work with him again
0: yeah um that leaving your ego outside and listening to editors—I mean, this seems to be a theme with your conversation—is that you you you're able to take what you can get from working with other people, remove your ego, and take what works and leave what doesn't, and and move forward. Um, is that part of your personality? Is that something you had to learn early on in your career?
1: No, I think it's more is my insecurity talking, but. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was uh, no. It, it's something like uh, I don't know. I uh, I guess it depends. I have just to be clear. I have fought editors on certain stuff uh, that I want to keep. Yeah. Uh, but generally, I think that they are uh, that they are the unsung heroes of uh of writing. Yeah. So uh, um, mm-hmm. I like and 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 this was something that uh, I learned early on. Uh, I don't remember where it was, but it was something that really touched me. It doesn't matter what the editor changes or doesn't change. It's always going to be your book because your name is going to be on the cover, not the Mm -hmm. editor's. So whatever changes Mm -hmm. they are suggesting, it's for the benefit of the story and for the benefit of the author. So so I didn't take... uh, I know that some people and especially some authors take the comments like directly, like, like they are offended that how dare he say that I could not do this or do that. I don't take it that way. I mean, uh, I don't mind the criticism. That's uh, that's the issue. That's the, uh, I, I mean, if there is a way to fix it, it's still going to be my novel. Yeah. Why not?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that editing process is um, whether no matter how you're being published, if you're being published by a a big press, a small press, or if you're indie publishing, you still need that editor. You still need somebody to talk to about the book because an outside person will say this doesn't work. That does work. This character isn't clear. And you don't see it when you're. Oh, definitely.
1: And I have to be aware uh, that. English is not my first language. And obviously, even though I try, it's not going to be perfect. And I'm always going to need the help of an editor, of a line editor, right. of a copywriter, of everybody just making sure that I don't misspell something just by mistake. I mean, if, if it happens with people yeah. with, uh, that write the language naturally, I mean, that, that from native speakers, uh, it could also happen to me. I mean, so it's... Uh,
0: yeah, yeah. No, and it does happen yeah. <laughs> to, to uh, you know, it's it happens. I mean, even things you know what to do, you can make the mistake ten times and not catch it, and then somebody from the outside will look at it and say, "Well, actually, um, you know, that's the wrong there." It's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> sorry, thank you. Um, yeah, this is great. So you belong to a lot of writing organizations, and are uh, or vice president of one. What has been Finding a community, um, a writing community meant to you and meant to your, your writing okay. journey.
1: Uh, just I have to clarify that I stopped being the vice president of the short mystery fiction writers as of June 30, but I didn't update that. So, OK, uh, but the community has helped, has helped a lot uh, to find peers, to find people who are at the same level of writing uh, of the writing stage that I was. And was able to do critiques, was able to exchange chapters, was able to, uh, because you learn a lot from criticizing others. And that's something interesting to me. So they change their chapters and I comment and then I send them mine and then they comment. So it's for mutual benefit. And so these writing communities have helped a lot uh, to find people within my same genre that. I can write and and comment and find critique partners and learn.
0: And learn and meet other, as you said, meet other people who are where you are so that you can commiserate together. Yes. And and, um, as you're talking and
1: working for the big thrill has also allowed me to meet some of the big stars. I was able to interview Douglas Preston. I was able to interview David Baldacci. I was able to interview Brad Thor. A lot of uh, people who I admire and uh and yeah. and uh Douglas Preston was so nice that he actually gave me a blurb for Poison
0: Tears. Wow. Wow. Yeah, you well, you're you know you again you're you review you work for the big thrill you you know you're you're part of the community okay. as well. Um so that uh that's you know that's a gift to all of us to have you part of the conversation that's going on. Um but that's also uh, you know it's just being a writer means finding your community as well.
1: Yes, definitely.
0: So, what's next for you? What are you working on now? Uh, I can't
1: type, so I'm not working on anything right now.
0: Yeah, that's uh, true. As we're as we're as we're taping this. Uh, you know, I don't know. I think I just aged myself by using that phrase. Um, you've got a broken yeah. wrist. So um, you're not working on anything now, which is completely understandable. But what, what, you know, are you are you contemplating the next project um, or do you have something in for mind? For the summer,
1: the plan, the original plan was to do the second draft of the novel that I have set in Honduras, in the jungles of Honduras. That's as much as I can tell. And, but... Uh, I cannot type right now, so uh, most likely I will just read it and do some annotations and some, some marking there, and I will start typing mm-hmm. as soon as I can, probably uh, by September. Yeah. But I, I do yeah. have, a yeah. uh, uh, I have two novels, actually. One that it's already, uh, my agent is shopping for it, and so I have this order that I want to finish before the end of the year so we can start. Uh, shopping it around next year.
0: Yeah. Well, it's great. And that's exciting. And uh, and I wish you well. And I wish you fast healing as well. Because that's, uh, for a writer, that's pretty pretty terrible to not be able to. Yeah. Work.
1: And the worst part is yeah. that it's the right hand. So, uh, and <sighs> and that's my dominant hand. So I started to, I had to start to write, uh, to do a lot of stuff with my left hand.
0: You're not going to be able to read your annotations, though, in your. Oh yeah, no, list, no. You
1: know, yeah. no. I'm happy that I can eat. At least I can work out the fork. Yeah. With my left hand.
0: <laughs> That's good. I mean, there's. It's always. You strike me as somebody who's always going to find the positive <laughs> in this situation, Jose. <laughs> thank you so much for being on the podcast. I've enjoyed the conversation.
1: Me too, and uh, thank you for inviting me.